This episode is sponsored by State Farm. You a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Well, look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, this is Joe's sister, Nikki. I think I might be the only girl in the world who has a brother who spends his entire day in the basement pretending he has an internet radio show. Live from Joe's mom's basement, or someplace, it's the Stacking Benjamin Show. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and get ready to wrap your mind around who you should and shouldn't be taking advice from. I don't really need help with this, though. I've already got a guy for stock tips. Yep, my car guy hasn't steered me wrong yet, except for those call options on Blockbuster he told me to go all in on. Speaking of where to find great advice, our panel today is discussing why you shouldn't take investment advice from TV personalities. Plus, our regular guy who doesn't take advice from anyone is Len Penzo. And a woman who only takes financial advice from Brad Pitt, it's Lacey Langford. And our own in-house master of advice giving is OG. That's not all. We'll see which one of these knuckleheads, or Lacey, can win at my trivia question. And now, a guy who has plenty of personality, it's Joe Saul Sihai. Well, hey, thank you, Doug, from one personality guy to another. Welcome to Friday. I am Joe Saul Sihai at Joe Money on Twitter. And we are going to have some fun today because we are going to, well, we're going to go after some big time uh, people that appear on TV, radio, podcast. Uh, so going after ready to. Yes. Sweet. Get ready to put the boxing gloves on, OG. That voice you heard is the OG sitting across the card table from me. How are you, man? I don't need boxing gloves. I'm a bare knuckler. Oh, just who wants to cushion the blow? Nobody needs to cushion the blow. Just bring or it. Or cushion for the blowing. Wait. <laughs> don't. Not sure. Nope, no, 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 no. That's, that's, and no. Uh, and because Deleted. we don't know. Because we don't know where to go with that, uh, let's go to uh, the place deep under Los Angeles where Mr. Len Penzo joins us. Please get us out of this, Len. 
I don't know if I can because OG has got me completely distracted now, and I've, I'm uh, I'm just thinking of I, I'm just off topic now. So thanks, OG. <laughs> nice, but things are good. You are bundled up. You, you, you look like it's you look like it's winter time. It's winter time in Los Angeles, which I think of as like seventy five and sunny, but apparently. It's it's got to be what negative twenty there. You're wearing a yeah. Hat, the degree, well, you know the number in Fahrenheit starts with a five, and it's been stuck on five for quite a long time. And if you're a native Southern Californian like I am, that's way way too cold for even March or April. You know, so uh, I'm yes, I'm cold. I admit it. I'm keeping my temperature, my thermostat low, so it's cold in the house, and and uh, I'm in the bunker, the bunker. And so yes, I'm bundled up. I'm I'm guilty and I'm I'm gosh, I'm ready for spring. Oh gee, I'm wondering how Amanda, who listens to us from Antarctica, <laughs> like how hard is she rolling her eyes right now <laughs> hearing about Len's fifty degree pain? Or Tyson, right, who's in the Arctic Circle. It's also fifty here and I'm I've got my I've had my hands in my in my sweatshirt pocket the whole day. Oh, thank God you said sweatshirt pocket. Is that where your hand is? You know, I was wondering. All that bare knuckle talk. <laughs> and, that, and that's Boy, a wrap. <laughs> <laughs> Great show, everybody. Good night. <laughs> it's good to see you, Josh. Oh, dang it. Oh, Whatever. And there we go. It is all downhill from here. That voice you hear is the newest ex-member of the Stacky Benjamins team writing for us and the host of the Military Money Podcast. And how many ants do you have, Lacey Langford? You've got like seven ants. You also have a conference. What's going on? Yes. Mill Money Con is coming up at the end of April to bring together financial professionals, but all the ants encompass military and money. So to make it easier. These are all people that serve our military by being in the financial space? Yes. Or they're veterans. They served and they're helping the veteran population or maybe not, but they served and they understand that background and wanted to get into the financial space as a new career after they left the military. Oh, excellent. And and how do people get more information? Millmoneycon.com is where you can find all the information about the conference, the schedule, and what you can expect. And I know we have a lot of uh, veterans and we also have uh, quite a few active duty members that listen to the show. So Military Money Show, available wherever they're listening to us now, right? Yes, definitely. Please, please tell me that your motto is mill money, mill problems. <laughs> no, but clearly I should have consulted you. <laughs> yes, clearly not. No charge for that one. The first one's a freebie. <laughs> <laughs> Well, today we're talking about advice and where to get it from. And Lacey, I would not, I would start off by not taking that advice. Uh, we've got a great show today. We've got Lacey, we've got OG, we got Len, we've got Doug here. So let's get this party started. Oh, we can't start the party, Lacey. We have to tell you the rules of the road. So you got a second? I do. And I would love to hear them because I want to make sure you guys aren't trying to pull one over on me. No, we wouldn't do that. Listen to this. This episode is sponsored by State Farm. You a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Well, look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. 
create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Hey, Staggers, is Military Appreciation Month. You know what that means. We are recognizing all of our stackers in the audience. My good friend Nords, Doug Nordman, who uh, some of you may know, he is a writer in personal finance. He's a guy I'd like to do a shout out to. He is such a giving member of the FIRE community, the Financial Independence Retire Early community. Uh, Nords will do anything for you. It's just, just, I think some of that comes from his time on a submarine, like my nephew Colin, who's on a submarine right now, and all the work that uh, he did there. Just a super giving member of the community. And you know what? A Navy Federal Credit Union wants to celebrate their members who go above and beyond, not this month, but every month. Navy Federal offers members only exclusive rates, discounts, and tools to empower their members and help them reach their goals. Here's one of their offers in honor of Military Appreciation Month. Join and get $50 when you open a credit card. Of course, you want to have your whole debt strategy planned out, don't you? Don't just go open a credit card willy-nilly, as mom says. Uh, here's a disclaimer. You got to join, open your membership savings account between May 1st and May 31st. So get on it stackers. Annual percentage yield is a 0.25% for membership savings account, $5 minimum balance to open, maintain your membership savings account to obtain the bonus. Visit navyfederal.org for full terms and conditions. That's just one of the things they have a 24 seven help for their us based service members. They have resources all over the place. Head to Navy federal org for full terms, conditions, and other offers. Navy and Federal is insured by NCUA Equal Housing Lender. <laughs> <laughs> and we just pulled one over on her. <laughs> yes! <laughs> Got her! The hazing started already, Langford. The hazing has already begun. Good thing I'm familiar with it. Yeah, let's roll. At first, I usually, during these shows, I tell everybody what piece we're referring to. Normally on these Friday shows, if you're new to our community, we talk about a piece that's popular in the financial media landscape, maybe a blog post. But today, this was something that a lot of stackers sent to me. They're like, you guys got to talk about this. So I'm going to play it. This is from The Daily Show, and this is uh, comedian Hassan Minaj talking about uh, well, where we get our advice from. Let's listen in. The reason why I wanted to have this conversation is over the past two and a half years, I don't know if you felt this during COVID, a lot of us were at home. A lot of people were going through uncertainty. I had a lot of friends that lost their jobs. And there is this deep angst within a lot of us. I feel it with my friends, my generation. They're hitting an age where life is starting to choke them out. They're hurtling through time. People are getting married. People are trying to buy their first home. People are trying to have a little bit of a nest egg to have some sort of financial cushion to cover school, healthcare, aging parents, etc. And the way salaries are now, you have to 10x your money. And so what happened during this period of time is a lot of the financial cable, hot take, podcast people, advertently or inadvertently, were giving their takes. And people at home were listening to them and go, well, clearly, he's smart. 
He's smart. He's a venture capitalist. Why don't I take an active position in my betterment and do what he does? The difference is, and what I was telling Mr. O'Leary was, you're at a different tax bracket than them. You can take the losses and retail can't. And unless you give up your whole position, like I said, you show me yours, I'll show you mine. <laughs> this is my net worth, this is what I'm being paid, this is how much I'm investing, this is how much of my personal money I'm investing, we don't know. And what that does to the millions of people that listen, it creates a lot of risk and damage. And I feel for those people because they get left holding the bag and they get left behind. So I hope people remember that the next time they watch any of these shows or these podcasts, they have to keep in mind, hey, we'll never know what their position really is. So maybe I need to take what they say with a grain of salt. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because, because if it was actually, hey, put your money in an index fund, 85% index fund, 15% bond or whatever, the way what our dads told us, there wouldn't be any of these shows. There wouldn't be any of them. Squawk Box, CNBC, they wouldn't exist. They anyway, he then goes on to talk about the ecosystem and uh, how their whole ecosystem is based on you taking all this advice. Let's start off before we get to the advice. Lacey, let's start with you. Are you feeling the same thing that Hassan says he's feeling this idea? He said life's starting to choke them out, right? All of a sudden they're at the age of like, whoa, wait a minute. I got to get started on this. I got to find some advice. I got to catch up. I got to I got to make something happen in my life. Are you feeling that too? Well, first of all, I thought it was very suspicious that he mentioned choke out and marriage right there together. Like, I feel like he might be projecting some of that. Like, his marriage is stressful it's to him. <laughs> a Freudian slip. <laughs> Maybe there's a little more going wow. on. <laughs> I feel like I'm not off to a good start. What I meant was no, clearly no, no. his marriage is stressing him out. I swear, I want to come back. I swear, I want to come back. <laughs> Len, please, please don't, take, don't, don't take drag me into the, you're in this mess by yourself, Lacey. Don't, don't <laughs> you drag me into this depravity. <laughs> well, what I would really say is I feel like as you get older, yes, life humbles you. Things get more stressful. You're juggling more a job, marriage, kids. Sometimes plans don't work out and that can get more stressful when you keep doing the same thing over and over again, you do need help. You're looking elsewhere because if not, you're going to get the same result. And I think that's why people follow personalities or are looking online, listening to podcasts, watching shows because they're seeking information because they need some type of relief. Hassan is 37 years old. Len, do you think that it is angst? Now, with COVID and people his age, like he said, or when you started, when you when you turned 37, when you were in your mid-30s, did you all of a sudden go, oh, you know what I mean? Like, hey, this is for real. We're not playing anymore. 20s are now gone. It's time to get the show on the road. Is this an age thing or is this really a COVID thing? You know what? I think it's just an age thing. I think we all, uh, regardless of whether COVID or, or not, I, we all kind of have that kind of, there's a point in our lives where the light bulb kind of goes on. You kind of think, 
hey, it's I, this is real. Life is real. I all these things. I've got to be safe. Looking towards the future and where am I? And do a little self assessment. I think it's just natural. I think it's human nature. Um, I mean, that even happened to me probably in my mid thirties as well. I mean, that's when you really start saying, "Gosh, you know, I only have so many years, and I've got these goals, and uh, I really got to get serious about it." Oh, gee, assuming that you agree. Uh, and I saw you nod your head, so I think you agree. But assuming that you do, do you think that COVID made it worse? All of us being home and then starting to search for answers, did it make it worse? I don't know. I mean, I think the boredom of it probably didn't help. Certainly all the extra money didn't help as it relates to like trying to figure out what to do with it all, all the excess savings that, that people had access to. But I think that the biggest problem with all of this is thinking that there's not enough time because you make decisions based on the amount of time that you have left. Len, you said, you know, you wake up one day and you go like, oh crap, I only have so many more years or what, you know, whatever. But we underappreciate the value that compounding gives us, the outcome. And we think like, oh my gosh, I'm 40. I, I can't tell you how many times I talk to people who say, we feel so far behind, we're 42, and we've only got A, B, C, D. And that's just such an interesting phrase. And I hear it all the time of, we've only got, or we've only managed to, you know, like it's some sort of death sentence or some sort of, you know, malady that needs to be fixed because like, oh my gosh, I've only saved, you know, insert dollar amount here, as opposed to thinking like, holy crap, look at all the money that you have saved. Look at the stuff that you have been able to do. You know, we don't give ourselves enough grace, I think, especially as we're growing and looking back over that that growth time, because, yeah, I would have done about 150,000 things differently, given the opportunity to go backwards in time, you know, to being 18 or 20 or something. I'd have done a whole bunch of different stuff. But, but I can also recognize that when I was 30, I wasn't purposefully in my mind going, yeah, I'm totally going to screw up my life by doing this. This is exactly, you know, like you make the decisions, the best decisions you can at the time with the information that you have. So I think that we have to recognize that there's more time there than maybe we're giving ourselves credit for, so to speak. Do you feel like, Lacey, then these people on TV, radio, podcasts that Hassan is alluding to, he seems to be alluding to the fact that they're taking advantage of this, right? They're taking advantage of people that think they're behind. Would you agree with that assessment? That there's a lot of people on TV, on the radio that are trying to make money off the fact that you feel like you need a shortcut? I think that there are people that do that. I mean, and people are trying to make a living. But on the whole, most people are just trying to share knowledge to help improve somebody else's life. I think especially like in the personal finance space, we all are united in the fact that we are trying to improve somebody's life, their quality of life, their financial life, and we all go about it differently. And I think that applies to people that are online as well. It might not be the way that I would project that information. I might be a little bit more clear, give a little bit more background and you know context for the information that I'm giving versus somebody else that is just throwing it out there and not bringing up the specifics of situations and things like that. So I don't think that the majority of people do it intentionally. I do think people are trying to make a living. And if they can share their knowledge and and find a way to make money off of that, then that's what they're doing. But I don't think it's intentionally at the cost of somebody else's emotional well-being. 
Yeah. Um, OG was talking about angst, you know, and, and, and Joe's bringing that up. I can see why people have angst at maybe 35 or in their early 30s or even in their mid to late 30s. They have angst. They haven't saved enough. And the reason is, have you, if you've seen some of these websites, some of these large websites that the finance websites, these are commercial websites. And have you ever seen those stories where it says, you know, they're like letters to the, to the help desk and it says, yeah, I'm 35 years old. I've saved, uh, you know, $1 million. And uh, what do I have to do to continue my retirement? And there's tons of those stories. It's like these, you've got something that so many people out there with in their early 30s, mid 30s, and supposedly they've saved $1 million, $2 million. And I can see how other people look at that and go, gosh, here I am with, uh, I got $100,000 saved. I must be doing something wrong. When I think a lot of those letters are BS, to be quite honest with you. I think they're well, clickbait. And and I think people take those and they think that those are real people. There might be a few people like that, but there's hardly, there aren't a lot of people like that who have saved millions of dollars or millions of a million dollars in their 30s. It just, this isn't. Reminds me of letters from a magazine I used to read in my youth, Len. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I had that magazine I too. I never thought this would happen to me, but every word of what you're about to yeah. read is true. I never believed I could save this much money. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but do you see that though? I mean, if you see that, you I mean, do. I see that all the time on these on these websites. It's like, my goodness, where are these young people saving all this money so fast? I don't get Ever, it. Len, every financial blogger will tell you, and you know this because you've been blogging at you know way longer than I have. That uh, whenever any blogger discloses how much money they have, supposedly, right? We we can't fact check them, but when they they put their numbers out there and they're like, "I've saved X amount of money this month, this year, whatever," they all will tell you their numbers go through the roof. Because yeah. to Doug's porn illusion earlier, <laughs> that we that we do we do. I am it appalled, is, Joseph, <laughs> that you would miss is, such an accusation. It is financial pornography to get that stuff to go yeah. oh wait a minute i get to look and see what their numbers are like that is that's a great that's way to amazing. put it that's a great way to put it yep but yeah those cnbc pieces that we see all the time so and so saved x amount you know we did one last week so and so you know retired at age 44 and they didn't disclose how much money but damn they retired at 44 and you think yep. you're behind because of that but do you also do you agree Len, let's stick with you for a second. Do you agree with his take on these, quote, advice givers that because they're in a different position, the stakes aren't the same for them? You know what? I think a lot of them have self-interest. Honest to goodness, I think a lot of these people, they're gonna, they'll recommend things that they're in and they have been in, and it'll cause people to jump in too. And then when, by, the time, by the time you hear a good tip, it's too late. It's too late. And, and I just think there's a little self-interest involved with a lot of these people. They're, they're trying to steer you into things that they're in so they can cash out. That's how I feel. I don't ever take these people's words for granted at all. Oh, do you agree? Well, probably that seems to be the case that I, there's there's more disclosure rules now, especially like on TV and stuff where these personalities have to mention, you know, whether or not they own the position and stuff. But it's more of a parenthetical at the end of the conversation and, and, you know, uh, a screen grab type deal, you know, it's like, and to be fair, uh, Bill's firm owns, uh, these 10 positions that he mentioned, blah, 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 blah. you know, and you don't know, does he own them? Does is he short them? Is he whatever? So yeah, there could be a little self-interest in there, I suppose. I mean, I, I, when we were talking about, or when we were thinking about the, um, you know, the finance bros on TV, I was thinking about the TikTok people 
Oh, like yeah. the insurance, yes. whole life insurance, TikTok people, whatever their little scam was called. Yeah, I said scam. Come at me, bro. <laughs> Give you a knuckle sandwich, <laughs> a bare knuckle sandwich, whether you want it or not. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's always some sort of, you got to be careful, I guess. I don't know. Take it with a grain of salt, like Len said. Is it important, you think, Lacey, for advice givers to be in the same position as their audience? He talks about because they're in a different position. If, if, if you're taking advice from people, do you want them in the same position that you're in? No, because I know what that feels like. You know, if I'm seeking out information, I'm looking for somebody that knows a better way to do it or can give me a better understanding, lessons that they've learned the hard way so I don't have to do it myself. I don't think you necessarily have to be in the same position, but that's just like people talking about money that aren't in the military. If you're trying to coach somebody about finances, never serve, there are some nuances that you might not understand the struggle that they've been through in their lifestyle. So I could understand wanting to get information from somebody that's had that experience and kind of in that same boat, but not necessarily at the same place, especially financially. I want to go back for a second because I can't I can't stop thinking about OG about this idea that you said, you know, there's all these disclosure rules and yet man, all the time when you're online, you see these people flaunt those. I mean, there's there's a person who's very popular right now who always says her favorite financial products when she's on Instagram. And I'll read all these, quote, favorite financial products, no disclosure. And these are all affiliate links. Like every single one of these, she's getting a commission on. And this idea, OG, of disclosure is, is just flaunted. Like there's no, there's, I feel like there's no oversight at all. I don't know. Lacey, have you seen the same? Yes. I see it online all the time and I'm confused on why they, one, wouldn't say that they receive some type of financial gain for that and why they wouldn't mention that there might be other products. This might not be, these are all the products. This is the one I use. So I feel like there should be some comparison there for people to make their own decision and list out why I like to use these products or what the benefit is. I feel like there should be more information because there are people out there that are impressionable, that are just trying to find knowledge. And if a person that they're following resonates with them, they might be inclined to just go with that because they're at decision fatigue. They don't know what else to do. So this is the easiest path, the path of least resistance for them to click on that and just sign up. And they didn't have all the knowledge to make that decision. So I, I don't think that's smart of the people that do it. You know, what I think when I'm listening to people and they're giving advice on maybe something to buy or not, I take them a little more seriously when they give both sides of the story. So they'll say, well, you should buy this because A, B, C, and D. But it would be very helpful and I would have a little more faith in their recommendations if they said, but here's some risks. Here's some downsides that you should also consider, A, B, C. And at least that gives you, puts the power back into your hands, allows you to make a decision and weigh weigh the pros and cons yourself rather than just getting a list of all pros, which most of these people do. They'll say, yeah. well, you should be buying this because blah, blah, blah. They never talk about, well, maybe what should what else should you consider on the opposite end? So that's something I think to look for before you take somebody seriously on, on a recommendation. Like the downsides of the prescription. Correct. Right? Yeah. You got to have both sides. Yes. You know, Hassan here thinks that he's right. Well, I mean, he's very adamant that he's right. And at the end, he talks about 
you know, 85% stock uh, index fund, 15% bonds that he refers to. Like he throws it out there, OG, like that's right. How'd you feel when he said that? Well, it was, it was a little ironic that he gave advice when he was <laughs> arguing about people online giving advice. I thought so too. <laughs> but that's a great example of how how quickly a conversation can turn into, you know, what you want to hear. We've done... 1300 and some odd podcast episodes, we tell people all the time, this is, you know, this is just a conversation. This is, this isn't meant to be particular advice for, for you, but I bet there's people that have gone, yeah, it's close enough for me. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like that's ah, good enough. If it's good enough for those guys, it's good enough for me. Kind of like what you were saying, you know, without any due diligence and, and that sort of thing. I'd like to think that we're not part of the problem, but rather part of the solution. But but I do think it's important to to think of it that way. Yeah, I think we definitely have to dig in. And in the second half, we're going to do exactly that, guys. We're going to dig into what filters should we apply when we hear this stuff? Are there any takeaways we should take away from some of these shows like Shark Tank and other advice, Jim Cramer, whoever the person might be on TV? Where should I get advice from? And uh, exactly how how do I process all of it? But before we do that, at the halftime of every show, we have this year-long trivia competition between our three contributors, OG, Len, and Paulette Perhatch. Lacey, you're on Team Paulette right now. That means some good news and some bad news. You want the good news first or the bad news? Mm, I'll start with the bad. Well, the bad news is is that uh, you are tied for last place. Which brings up the good news, because your team took last place last year, you get to go last because you're tied with Len, who finished second last year. You have three, Len has three, and OG has four. So the race... What was the score again? Three to three to four. <laughs> just checking. Yes. Oh, you just want to be... I got it. I got, I'm a little slow on the uptake there. So OG's going to go first, Len will go second... And Lacey, you get to throw the dart last. But first, we need something to throw it at. And I believe, Doug, you've got today's famous birthday and today's trivia question. That's right, Joe. Hey there, stackers. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug. And today, we celebrate the birthday of Jackie Chan. You know, when you think of my old pal Jackie, you don't realize we both have a ton in common. First, we both are multidisciplinary professionals Jackie you know he's got the martial arts thing and he's an actor me well you know I'm not only an esteemed podcast announcer to be clear I am esteemed not the podcast I've also acted I was in that grossly misunderstood home video Joe's mom took back in 06 where I played the part of the guy being kicked out of a Thanksgiving dinner party I totally I was acting in that one like I didn't know you were supposed to wear a shirt I should have won an Emmy for my role in that video. Jackie also had a misunderstood role, like that epic remake back in 2004, Around the World in 80 Days. Ah, Jules Verne. Imagine what he would have done if he'd been alive to see karate in the screen version of his film. As you know, his original had no karate, sadly, but he did include a wager. Phineas Fogg wagered that he'd make it around the world in 80 days or less. So, let's make that our question. If this bet, which took place in 1873, had happened today, 
And if the average inflation rate had been 3% per year and it happened in U.S. dollars instead of British pounds, how much money did Fogg wager? I'll be back with the answer right after I go polish up my resume in case another acting gig comes along. And just to be clear, Doug, as if there's anything clear about that question, just to, <laughs> just, just to be clear, Jules Verne did not have the first movie. He actually wrote a book and then uh, there was no karate in the book. Not in the- Really? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. The spoiler. Oh. I realized you were about to, about to read it. By the way, Jules Verne, imagine- if Jules Verne were were alive today, Len, you know what Jules Verne would say if he were alive right now? Are you going to go to commercial right now? If I, no. <laughs> everybody's so paranoid. <laughs> you ask him a question and they think you're sucking him in. <laughs> what would Jules Verne say if he were alive right now? <laughs> Is this time for the magnify money spot? <laughs> <laughs> I asked him a straightforward question. Joe, Joe's got this great, he's got this great joke and shut he's up. totally blown the shut, set up. Shut up. I can't even tell it now. I can't even tell it. It was going so damn well. I don't know, Joe. What would Jules Verne say if he were alive today? Let me out of this coffin. <laughs> So bad. So, so bad. So what? Too soon, Lacey? Is it too soon? Still weeping over the over that one. All right. I wonder uh, why Paulette's off today. Yeah. <laughs> Paulette's like, uh, I'm never coming back. All right. Oh, gee, you're starting us off. So we had this bet back in 1873 in British pounds. If it had been in dollars, and the bet were today, three percent inflation per year. How much money? How much was the bet? Do we know that? Yeah. Can't tell you. That is the key. <laughs> oh, make it too easy. There's so many layers to your guesses. Okay, on this I was one. like, this is just math. I didn't know there was going to be word problems. Exactly. I gotcha. So it happened in 1873. Len says that, by the way, as if he knows how much the bet was. Do you know how much the no, bet I was? No, I don't. Len? But I know that's why uh, you didn't give the dollar amount or the pounds amount because we could figure it out. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. Some of a us lot, could. A lot closer. Anyway. <laughs> we need to see everybody's hands up so we know there's no Googleization Roughly happening. 150 years. Nobody's Googling. Uh, so it's 25, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6. Um, so I have to know how much the original bet was and add inflation to it. Is that the question? Exactly. Yes. And then convert from pounds to dollars. <laughs> Some of us are just going to be taking a stab in the dark. <laughs> Consider the positions of the galactic bodies. I don't think that matters, Doug. I know you guys Not are sure doing this because it's my first time. <laughs> We're just trying to buy OG some time here. I feel like I should know this. Was Is this common knowledge? <laughs> like how much the original bet was? Well, yeah. I don't I mean, know. I read, I read the book in Latin originally, and so they can. No, you it. didn't. <laughs> if it'll make you feel any better, I have no freaking clue what the award was. So I, I, I figured out about what the inflation would be, but I have no freaking clue what the bet was. So I'm going to be winging it. Okay. We did a review of the latest version of this. It was a PBS special that was really, really good. It was, it was great TV. We did that um, during a segment of the show that might or might not appear on some people's. I'm going to say that the bet was um, in today's dollars adjusted for inflation, 
and pounds, obviously, uh, $379,000. Three, he sets the bar at $379,000, Mr. Penzo. Well, okay. So the British pound way back then, that was really worth quite a few more dollars than. Well, to be fair, Len, to be fair, Len, I did the conversion as if the, the, you converted it right now. Oh, oh, and today? Oh, okay. So at the current exchange rate. Okay. Yeah. I got yeah, you. Yeah. I don't know what the conversion rate was it's in 18. much closer. So yeah. I'll be with, okay. So, and if I've done my inflation correct, I've, it's about six times, six times inflation at 3% to today, whatever that number is. So you want, so you said 370 some thousand OG. So Something you're like that. guessing that they back then the bet was the thing was for six divided by three seventy about sixty thousand dollars, and I'm giving the answer in today's money. Yes, in today's money in today's money, and I hope sometime today also would be nice. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate the stall, Len. No. <laughs> um. Well, okay. I will say three hundred thousand dollars, fifty thousand times six. $300,000. Lacey. Because I can't say $1. <laughs> yeah, you can. It's closest to. It's just closest to. It's not Price is Right style anymore. Dang it. Okay. I actually think it's more. I'm just going to pick a round number because I am completely taking a stab in the dark. I think $400,000. $400,000. So we got 370 something. We've got three hundred thousand. I guess that's wrong. And and four hundred thousand. Well, <laughs> three hundred and something. Three hundred something in the winter of four hundred and something. No, I don't know. I don't remember the the last digit. Was three hundred seventy what, Doug? Three hundred seventy. Three seventy nine is yes. I knew it was three hundred seventy something, which is very close. OG, it is very very close. I just didn't know mm-hmm. which one. Three hundred thousand. Four hundred thousand. We'd love to tell you who wins, and we'll do that in just a minute. This, this Len, is where we put the break, okay? What? This is where we put the break for the advertisers, right here. <laughs> After I say three, two, one, we do it right here. Let's find out. What would the advertiser say? Let me out of my contract. <laughs> well, if you're new to Stacky Benjamins, you may not know that I've tried out a lot of personal finance apps. I like to be a guinea pig and try out all these things so I know what I'm talking about when it comes to uh, what's helpful and what isn't helpful. And uh, the app that I've used the longest has been Monarch Money, and it's because Cheryl and I, my spouse, were able to collaborate together. We can work on our goals together, and our budget and our goals are right next to each other on the app. It is clearly the next generation of personal finance apps. So what is it? Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. You create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now, because you're a stacker, you'll get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash Benjamins. I love the fact that we get to collaborate. I love the fact that it's customizable. And I also love that it's this ad-free privacy you can trust. They never sell your data to third parties or show you ads. After trying out Monarch myself, I totally get why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, because you're a stacker, you're going to get an extended 30-day free trial to try it out like I try out many different apps. And this one was sticky for me because 
Well, you'll see when you try out the 30-day free trial. Go to monarchmoney.com slash Benjamins. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash Benjamins for your extended 30-day free trial. And now a word from our sponsors at Betterment. Do you want your money to dream big? Do you want your money to be a total self-starter? Are you annoyed that your money doesn't work hard enough? Well, don't worry. Betterment is here to help. Betterment's the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Their automated technology is built to help maximize returns, meaning when you invest with Betterment, your money can auto-adjust as you get closer to your goal, rebalance if your portfolio gets too far out of line, and your dividends are automatically reinvested. That can increase the potential for compound returns. In other words... Your money's breaking a sweat while you can be breaking bread. You'll never picture your money in the same way again. Betterment, the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Visit Betterment.com to get started. Investing involves risk. Performance is not guaranteed. All right, uh, OG, you started this thing off at $379,000. How are you feeling? Well, based on your uh, commentary, uh, not very good. <laughs> I just couldn't remember the third digit. Oh, but if it was close, you would have remembered it. <laughs> okay. Len, 300,000. How are you feeling? I'm feeling excellent, actually. Uh, if only because OG is, he's really pinned in between uh, me and Lacey. So, you feel uh, best about that. <laughs> That's how you like it. Being pinned yeah. in between me and... <laughs> I bet you do. I'm the meat to your sandwich. <laughs> Somebody is on the losing end of this deal. Pick your hands up. Pick your hands up, OG. Rhymes with Spacey. Lacey, you're at $400,000. Besides this commentary, how are you feeling about that? A little shaky, a little shaky. I'm not going to lie. I don't want to let Paulette down. I'd be feeling shaky about this whole thing. That's nothing to do with the trivia. Doug, who's our winner, man? Well, stackers, I'm Leonardo DiCaprio lookalike and semi-pro acting coach Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug. And today we're celebrating Jackie Chan's birthday by hearkening back to his misunderstood classic film Around the World in 80 Days. Also starring Steve Coogan as Phineas Fogg and featuring Pierce Brosnan. That man's handsome. And with a cameo by Kathy Bates. I haven't loved a film that much since Speed 2 Cruise Control. Missed that one too? Well, apology accepted. Let's get you your trivia answer. How big was Phineas Fogg's bet that he could go around the world in 80 days? The bet in British pounds was 20,000 pounds, or at an average inflation rate of 3% per year today would be the equivalent of about $2 million, meaning Lacey is our winner. What? That is... (laughs) I accidentally was giving you the wrong sound effect there, Lacey. I don't think that was wrong at all. There it is. The crowd goes wild. That one is probably better than this one. (laughs) Although that's what Lacey's thinking for being a part of this. Wow. That leaves Len all alone in last place. Len. What was the number? What was the number? Two million. The, the original? Today's dollars, 2,020,000 pounds. 20,000 pounds. 20,000 pounds. So you're saying that was what? By today's exchange standard was what? $25,000? 
on the exchange. Exchange rate is one point two five today. Yeah, so one yes. and a quarter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So like twenty five thousand dollars. Yeah, the thing that you and I both screwed up, Len, because <clears throat> I just did the I did the math on it. We both thought six because we go three eh, percent. It doubles every twenty five years. Yeah. Right. Right. Yep. Exactly. The problem is, is that the doubling also has some inflation. You know what I mean? Like the compounding, compounding. nature of it. Yeah. Yes. The compounding on the compounding. Yeah. I just did a calculator here. It says, uh, and the twenty-five years is like two point one x. So it turns into eighty-five x. I think you guys are so much fun at bar trivia. Like just really. <laughs> <I could've>, <laughs> if I'd have used a calculator, I'd have been a lot closer. Lacey's like, listen to these men who can't handle defeat. We both uh, their we male both did the egos right math. will not allow them to not be right all the time. I thought Lacey was just saying these guys would be great at parties. <laughs> just, just amazing. Yeah, when I calculated the interest on yeah, the exchange you need to clear right. the room the exchange quickly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, time for the second half of uh, our discussion. Second half of this is brought to you by Magnify Money. Lacey, you know what happens when you go to stackybenjamins.com slash magnify money? No clue. You say, let, let me out of this. No, you don't. <laughs> you find out that those brick and mortar banks might not be best in class. Over 85% of the, 92% actually, of all of the internet banks rated head-to-head at Magnify Money for savings accounts, checking accounts, CD rates, and more. StackyBenjamins.com slash Magnify Money. All right, to kick off the second half of this, I want to play another piece uh, from Hassan Minaj. And uh, well, let's just give this a listen. Over the past couple of years, I've been noticing something. Do you guys feel like scam artists are everywhere? Right? You obviously heard about FTX, right? The cryptocurrency exchange that lost $8 billion of investor deposits based on the reputation of this electrocuted nine-year-old. Yeah. It was insane. But you know what was crazier? The people who helped him do it. I'm excited to be partnering with FTX to help make crypto accessible for everyone. I'm all in. Are you? With FTX, I have everything I need to buy, sell, and trade crypto safely. I'm trading crypto. FTX is the safest and easiest way to buy and sell crypto. It's the best way to get in the game. If there's ever a place I could be that I'm not going to get in trouble, it's going to be at FTX. Wow, Kevin. Kevin Leary, uh, Steph Curry, Shaq, and uh, Tom Brady. They're pushing FTX. They talk also then about uh, the guy that took over FTX afterwards, and he said that the people involved and the people who got scammed were the most unsophisticated investors he's ever seen, and that the problem was also very unsophisticated. By the way, this was the guy who oversaw the Enron the Enron bankruptcy, saying that this was, uh, this was worse. People really, really got taken. Is that kind of like uh, Forbes? 2023 America's best bank and number one, number on, one. Uh, the 6th of March Silicon Valley Bank <laughs> Silicon Valley Bank Forbes this brings us up then Lacey obviously Shaq's going to be okay Tom Brady's going to be okay somebody would have listened to this and said well heck if Shaq's behind it Tom Brady's behind it one of these guys said I'm all in I think Seth Curry said I'm all in right Kevin O'Leary says, hey, you're going to be safe. There's no safer place to be. These people are going to be fine. The people they're talking to, to Hassan's point, are not. So where do we start with our filter when it comes to some of these online ads we see? Well, I think 
you should do some research, take some ownership of the decisions you make, not just because Shaq said to do it, you should do it. You might want to take that information, do some of your own research, and really think about where you're at. If you aren't saving $50 a month, you might not want to be going into crypto. Start with the basics. I, th- I don't think you should look up to somebody that you loved for basketball and think they're going to give me great investing advice. I would bounce that off of somebody else, maybe your you know financial planner advisor or information other places on the internet. I just wouldn't take it on a spoon just because Shaq said to do it. You know, I would want to do some of my own research and think things through before I would make that kind of commitment with my money. Oh, gee, a family member when I was in college told me that I should really get an, an IRA with an annuity in it. And so I called up his broker and thank goodness the broker was was not as interested in a tiny little commission from a college kid as he was giving me advice. But he told me about the Are basics. you still have that annuity? I would still have gift it. that keeps on giving. But he said, no, you should probably pay off your student loans and uh, get an emergency fund first and then call me back. He said, and then we'll talk about what the right thing is, he said. So I agree with Lacey, but then, back then, I didn't know where to look. I had no idea where to look. You know, the next place I looked... The Motley Fool was one of the first places I look where they're telling me about which individual stocks to buy. I also didn't, you know, not ripping the Motley Fool, just saying I probably don't want to begin with individual stocks. So where does my research begin? Picking up where Lacey left off. When it comes to thinking about your investing, it's really important to recognize that kind of like what we were talking about earlier, if there's any sort of something in it for somebody else, that doesn't make it necessarily bad. It just makes you have to be aware of it. If the only thing that you have available to you is one particular tool, if you're reading a stock newsletter that you have to pay money to get, what do you think that they're trying to sell? They're not going to try to sell something different. If you're talking to an insurance person who sells annuities and whole life insurance, they're not going to tell you to do something different because their interests are not aligned with, with yours. You know, when it comes to gathering your information, Lacey said to kind of take some responsibility about, you know, where you're getting your info. I think that's important to just, just go, well, what's in it for them? Like that doesn't mean it's bad. You know, a lot of times we talk about the different ways that planners or advisors you know, are paid and should you pay a percentage or should you pay a flat fee or should you pay a monthly, you know, should it be commission or all commission people are evil or, you know, whatever. There's no wrong way to do it. There's a great reason to pay commissions. If you plan on never changing your investments ever again, you should pay a commission one time. That's the least expensive option. Why would you not choose that? Well, because then you have to pay again later if you decide to change your mind. We, we buy cars and we don't argue with the fact that the person gets a commission to sell us a car, right? That's just kind of part of the deal. Real estate is probably the most egregious component of this that they're, you know, five or 6% commission rate. And we all just are okay with it. There's other competing companies that are trying to solve that. But the compensation model doesn't necessarily make or break the advice component of it. What I think makes or breaks the advice component is, what's their angle? And if all they have is this one particular tool, then it may be the right thing or it may not be. The FTX thing is just comical. 
Yeah. Oh my, that's so bad. Just you know, hearing those guys, I'm all in. I mean, did you not see it though? In all honesty, when the the vast majority of Super Bowl ads two years ago, when Matt Damon has the big ads, the big ten million dollar ad, and I don't think it was for FTX, but maybe it was. Future favors the bold. Yeah. You know, and it's the whole story about like, we wouldn't have America if Columbus wouldn't have gone across the ocean and burned the boats. And, you know, I mean, he didn't do that. That was a different story. But, you know, the, <laughs> I'm, mixing, <laughs> I'm mixing stories. But, you know what I mean? Like, no, just the indigenous people. If, if you couldn't, if you couldn't see the writing on the wall of, this is peak crazy right now where they were, you know, it's like, I, I, don't, I, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. Well, let's get away from the commercials, Len, and talk about some of the shows out there. I mean, Kramer, who I do have a lot of respect for, but Kramer was talking about what a great bank Silicon Valley Bank was just before it was taken over by FDIC, much like OG said, you know, Fortune had it as a top bank. A shark Tank, right? You see these sharks going after each other. Should we watch these shows? Should we have any takeaway from these shows like Kramer or Shark Tank or some of the others? Property Brothers? I mean, it's information. I, you can take the information and you can do with it what you wish. I wouldn't take it at face value. And real quick, I want to go back, though, to the FTX. You, you know, the one actor who came out smelling like a rose in that FTX uh, was Larry David. Because it was his commercial where he was saying, nah, you don't want to do that. Don't, I, I don't know if you saw that. Did you see it? It's like he, he turned down every great idea ever invented, you know? And so when they came to him with FTX, he said, nah, that's not a good, that's not a good idea either. And he still got paid and he came out smelling like a rose. But um, what I'd like to talk about basically is how do you choose? How do you know where to start? Instead of taking advice from just somebody at face value, I think the, the easiest way to start is you start at, at a really high level at the 100,000 foot and you and you take baby steps and you work your way down as you get smarter, you are digesting information. So at the very top, top level at 100,000 feet, the first thing you want to figure out is, and you can do this on your own, is how much risk do you want to take? You set up your, how you're going to diversify your portfolio that way. How much is going to go into bonds? How much do you want to put into stocks? How much do you want to put into some risky speculative investments? Stuff like that. Then you want to go down to the next level, um, like say the 50,000 foot view. Okay, which stock indices do you want to start focusing on? Maybe you just uh, take a look at those. Do you want to look at the Dow with the industrials? Do you want to look at small, small companies like the Russell uh, 2000? Do you want to look at tech like NASDAQ? Start there. And then you want to look at sectors, okay? This is before you're even looking at individual stocks. Now you want to learn about sectors. Go into the various sectors that are out there. You want to look in the healthcare sector, the energy sector, uh, the mining sector, and read up on that stuff and just say, hey, you know, the mining sector looks good or the energy sector looks good or what have you. But just start educating yourself there. Then once you've gotten to that, then you can start making informed decisions, looking at companies and deciding, yeah, that company looks good in this sector versus others that don't. But start high and educate yourself gradually down. In the meantime, you can fill those holes at the higher levels with like stock indices, as opposed to just buying individual stocks. That's how I did it. And that's the miracle of uh, J.D. Collins' book, by the way. That is that is the miracle. You can buy one index, Len, and not have to worry about any of that. Right. I mean, it's not the most Correct. efficient way to get there. 
but you could just stay at the hundred thousand foot level and you're going to, you're going to be okay. Correct. Yeah. Doug, you, you were making a hand motion. Yeah. I mean, if there was ever a time for Len to drop the mic, it was right there. I mean, that was, <laughs> that was like a whole treatise you just put together. Len, that was amazing. My jaw was on the desk. That's when you just go boom and you just sign off right there. We never hear from Len again. He just rides off into the He's sunset. <laughs> and there goes Len. Yeah. I was just, I was just trying to prompt him to drop the mic. Doug, you know I love you. You don't have to do that. I, I love you anyways, man. You're my <laughs> oh, bro. I don't need to blow sunshine up your skirt like that? <laughs> you know I love you. Lacey, please save us. How do I start with uh, getting my advice? Well, I would look at it too as inspiration, not advice. If you're hearing all these people talk about things, start with inspiration. Like, what did I find interesting about that that I could research further? And then I think understanding who you are and being confident in that to say, hey, I'm not Beyonce. I'm not jumping on stage tonight and and killing it. I might want to start at like local theater, you know? So if you don't have a basic understanding of investing, you might want to start with your HR department and understanding your 401k. That might be a great place to get information. Or if you are spending more than you make, it might be a great place to start with. Let me build up my savings. So I think Really doing some self-reflection first is important. And then that helps you make better decisions that I'm not just going to put 10 grand on the blackjack table because I don't understand the game. I might want to start with $10 and take a tutorial. Oh, gee. All I could think about was blackjack. And that sounds like a a fun way to spend an afternoon. Sure does. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe not 10 grand. That might be a little... (laughs) Out of control, but uh, <laughs> I want to go if you've got ten grand. Yeah, <laughs> take me to the two dollar table. Yeah, that's exactly. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Wait a minute. So, so dealer, do I split the sevens? That's the kind of advice he's looking for. Yes. Yes, you should. <laughs> the tens, you know, split the queens. Yeah. Yeah. Where do I start off? But with my vice filter. Well, I, I can't say anything better than what Lacey said, which is find the people that you like. Do some research on where you are and think about it as like a starting point. It doesn't have to be the thing that is the only solution, right? Just because Joe says to do it or OG says to do it or whatever the case may be, that doesn't mean that that's the thing that's particularly specific for you, but it can point you in the right direction and kind of lead you down the path of of discovering what is most important for you. That's probably the best way to to handle kind of all of the you know, thousands of places you get information. I mean, it's no different than what we already do. We don't immediately jump on the, the, uh, what's the new, uh, diet weight loss pill. That's, that's all the rage. Xanax. No, it's GLP ones or something like that. You know, it's basically some off brand or some off uh, label purpose. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a, um, but it's a class of pill anyways. It's meant to treat some disease, but they found that people are losing a whole bunch of weight. So they're like, sweet, I'll just take that. And like, that's easy. But now what's coming out? Well, it's not necessarily the best way to lose weight. <laughs> you know, Magically taking a pill is probably not the way to do it. And I think most people would recognize that. But it starts the conversation. Okay, directionally, what do I have to do to improve my health? And maybe one of those solutions is is medication. That's perfectly fine. But you do it in the context of, you know, a well-rounded health plan, not just grab, like, like Doug always does, just pop a couple of little blue ones and it'll be fine. 
fixes so many problems. Oh, wait, the blue and then ones? Four hours later, he's at the emergency room. <laughs> hey, Doug, again. Good to see you. I think I've got an account there. Get his bed ready. You're right. I'm not Hit as me with that needle. <laughs> I'm not as I'm not as happy as not as happy to see you as you think I am. <laughs> oh man, this this whole show just man. I think that's a good place to leave it. Unless, do you guys have any more advice around around this, or can we call it a day? I think we're I think we're probably Please good. do your due diligence. Yes, unlike what Doug does. I think that's a great place to leave it. Let's find out what's going on where all you guys are. OG, anything planned for this beautiful weekend we have in Texas? Well, it's uh, it's Easter weekend here, which is nice. I uh, I'm out of town, so Mrs. OG is not exactly happy <laughs> that I'm that I'm not hanging with the family this uh, this this Easter weekend. But I'm going to race home on Sunday morning, just so you can find all the eggs before those damn kids do. Yeah, yeah. Well, we <laughs> do have the golden kids. egg. I know they the always go- take the all the Easter bunny the, stuff. With the, yep, silly, silly children. Yeah, Mister Penzo, what's going on at Lempenzo dot com? Uh, you know what? I um, my porch light went out recently, and uh, I had Is to do- a euphemism. Yeah, that. Well, well, let me. T- <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. You all. give the you give the light the blue pill. Did you give the light the blue pill? <laughs> no, I've called the authorities. <laughs> the light went out, and I had to go get a replacement. And the decision was, well, geez, do I uh, get an, another incandescent bulb, or do I get a, one of those uh, CFL bulbs, those you know energy saving CFL bulbs, which are more expensive, by the way, than the incandescents. You know, like three times more. And so uh, what I did is I went and I actually ran the numbers uh, and show you how to figure out whether the CFL bulbs are really worth the extra money or is it better just to buy the incandescent bulbs. So uh, I know that sounds really exciting to everybody out there, but that's that's what I did. And if you're interested in how the numbers came out, come on by to lenpenso.com. I'd love to see you. Are the CFL bulbs the ones they light up the stadiums with up there in Canada? Is that why they call them CFL bulbs? No. <laughs> Canadian football no? league? Yeah, no. that's what I thought. No? No. It's a whole different thing. <laughs> All right. Just just no idea. Lacey Langford. Not only are you helping us by writing shows, you've got a ton of stuff. And by the way, thank you so much for joining our team. I'm so excited that you're here with us, even though you have to work with these people. I feel, I feel, I feel bad for you, but you've got so much stuff that you're doing. You're helping our military members, which is one of a million reasons why uh, I love partnering with you. But uh, what's, so what's going on at the military money show? Let's start there. Well, nothing quite as fascinating as Len has going on with the light bulbs, but (laughs) Lacey, for a minute there, I thought you were helping me, but now I'm not so sure. Looking at your face right now. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. <laughs> to be honest, my brain is so into Mill Money Con, which shameless plug OG will be speaking at. All right. When do I have to be there again? <laughs> Please be there. <laughs> Just kidding. I got it in my calendar and everything. Must be lost in the mail. <laughs> I'm going to be, yes, put you on public blast if you don't show up. Um, no, super happy you're coming, but. 
this weekend, I am trying to turn everything off and spend time with family to have a very competitive egg hunt. So that is a big family project to work on that. We have a lot of boys, so it's going to be probably full contact Easter egg hunt. There's money involved. (laughs) All the eggs. When when there's a lot of money on the line, why, why is you, our eight year old in a ghillie suit? <laughs> That's actually a great pro tip. I'm going to run that by my kids. I, they need to outshine my nieces and nephews, so ghillie suit might be might be a really great idea. So that's what I have going on: family time and prepping for Mill Money Con, which will be coming up in a couple of weeks. Awesome, and uh, not nearly, by the way, as much of a contact sport as at Lens House, where they're they're hunting CFL bulbs. That's what they do at the Penzo household. Put a few of those out. Lacey, give us the give us the URL again if people want more. Millmoneycon.com. Awesome. And the Military Money Show. Who's coming up on the Military Money Show? George Campbell is coming up on the show to talk about baby steps for getting out of debt for the military community. Awesome. Fantastic. Yeah. If you're a member of the military community and you're not listening to Lacey's show, what are you waiting for? She's hilarious. She's a great guest on. The shows are a good time. You'll find it wherever you're listening to us now. All right. I think that does it. Doug, man, you got us from here. What should we have learned today? Well, Joe, first, take some advice from our panel and don't take financial advice from just anyone. Anybody else hear the irony in that last sentence? Consider the source and how they make money before just jumping on their recommendation. Second, take some advice from the man in the bunker. Start by figuring out how much risk you're willing to take and build your strategy accordingly. But the big lesson? Don't take advice from your car guy about blue chip companies like Blockbuster. I mean, a company built on art house video recommendations by the emo guy behind the register and overpriced point of sale juji fruits will never fail. Thanks to Lacey Langford for joining us today. You can find her show, The Military Money Show, wherever you're listening to us right now. We'll also include links in our show notes at stackingbenjamins.com. Thanks to Len Penzo for joining us today. You can find Len at lenpenzo.com slash Doug's Biggest Fan. Thanks also to OG for joining us today. Looking for good financial planning help? Head to stackingbenjamins.com slash OG for his calendar. This show is the property of SB Podcasts, LLC, copyright 2023, and is created by Joe Salcihai. Our producer is Karen Repine. This show was written by Lacey Langford, who's also the host of the Military Money Show, with help from me, Joe, and Doc G from the Earn and Invest podcast. Kevin Bailey helps us take a deeper dive into all the topics covered on each episode in our newsletter called The 201. You'll find the 411 on all things money at the 201. Just visit stackingbenjamins.com slash 201. Tina Eichenberg makes the video version of this show. Once we bottle up all this goodness, we ship it to our engineer, the amazing Steve Stewart. Steve helps the rest of our team sound nearly as good as I do right now. Want to chat with friends about the show later? Mom's friend Gertrude and Kate Yunkin are our social media coordinators, and Gertrude is the room mother in our Facebook group called The Basement. So, say hello when you see us posting online. To join all the basement fun with other stackers, type stackingbenjamins.com slash basement. 
Not only should you not take advice from these nerds, don't take advice from people you don't know. This show is for entertainment purposes only. Before making any financial decisions, speak with a real financial advisor. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and we'll see you next time back here at the Stacking Benjamin Show. Well, Stackers, the show is over, but the party is just beginning here. You know why? Because it's Military Appreciation Month, and we are giving out shout-outs to all of our friends who have served in the military. And let's point uh, the finger right here at our good friend, OG, who spent time in the military. And of course, we know what a giver he is, even when he pretends like he's being uh, Mr. Surly. Navy Federal offers member-only exclusive rates, discounts, and tools to empower their members to help them reach their goals. Visit NavyFederal.org slash celebrate, and you'll see all their Military Appreciation Month offers and other Navy Federal offers. They've got all kinds of resources on their site, like Best Cities After Service to help veterans transition to civilian life and Best Careers for Military Spouses to support military families. So much going on. Just head over to NavyFederal.org slash celebrate. Take a look at all the Military Appreciation Month offers and their usual offers. Navy Federal, our members are the mission. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, Equal Housing Lender. Awesome. And the Military Money Show. Who's coming up on the Military Money Show? <laughs> I don't even know. <laughs> I have no idea. All right. All right. Let's do this. Three, two, one. Steve knows it. <laughs> I know. Three, two, one. Steve, what's Lacey got coming up? No, we, we should do that and have Steve bust in. Oh, uh, hold on. Uh, one, two seconds. I got to tell you, my brain is totally fried from writing this morning and it will just be two seconds. <clears throat> Stand by. I had to stand by while you guys did all that math. Uh, oh, I know. Okay. Yeah, she did no math and won. <laughs> <laughs> <That's right. laughs>